is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. So today's guest is Andrew Cap. Andrew holds one goal above all others through his various projects, Genuine and Sustainable Impact. So we're going to talk about his book, which is about the law of attraction. We go into detail about it in the interview, so I, I'm not going to go too much into it right now. But this book has enjoyed continued success, including hundreds of five-star rave reviews. It's been a number one bestseller status in multiple categories on Amazon, and it's he has a growing YouTube channel that's devoted to it. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here today. Oh, I'm excited to have you. And I'm so excited to talk about your book. And that's why I reached out to you because I'll mention this in the intro too, but Andrew's book, The Last Law of Attraction book, you'll ever need to read. He's got a sign behind him. I can see him. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a mouthful, right? <laughs> so back in 2004 was when I've been I've been a life coach for many years, but I got certified in 2004 and I started putting together these workshops and I didn't even know I was doing workshops on the law of attraction and I had never even heard of the law of attraction before. Mm. And I was like, "Oh my gosh." You know, I remember when the secret came out, that was when I heard about the law of attraction. I was like, "I've been talking about this for years." <laughs> <laughs> and then I started reading books and this and that, but it, it was just interesting. It's interesting. But before we get to your book, I want to know more about you as a person and, mm-hmm. and what drew you to, you know, writing the book and the law of attraction. You know, what's your story? You know, it, it's funny you mentioned 2004 because that was a very significant year for me, especially in the context, because that's when I first learned about law of attraction. And <laughs> at the time, I was just a young entrepreneur trying to figure things out, both in life and business. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there can probably relate to that idea of having to kill your own dinner, so to speak. You know, you find yourself towards positive modalities and, and you know, positive thinking and whatever it might take. And for me, law of attraction was just like one thing of many. And I had my successes and failures with it. I had hits and misses. I was sort of, well, it was sort of inconsistent. And I'd only find out years later that I was the one who's being inconsistent because Four years later, 2008 hits, that business that I'd been working so hard on, I give up on it because I'd been struggling for years and I finally throw it away and a relationship that I had was on the brink anyway. And three days after throwing that business away, my girlfriend of three years breaks up over text. So wow, (laughs) um, I'm waking up Monday and I've got all this in my life. And then I wake up on Friday and it feels like 90% of my life is gone. (laughs) And I had like, I guess, a crossroads and this epiphany of like, well, Something's got to change, obviously. I've got to do something. And hey, that law of attraction thing, whatever it is, it seemed to kind of work whenever I actually did it. And I got indignant. I said, you know what? I don't care what happens, when it happens, how it happens, why it happens. I'm going to go all in with this thing once and for all, which is really just code for saying every day for just five or 10 minutes, I'm going to do those gratitude methods or those visualization methods that I already know. I'm going to tweak them and make them work for me. And this time I'm not going to stop no matter what. And because I was so stubborn and indignant and motivated and upset with where my life was, I stuck to that. And the results were nothing short of miraculous because two weeks I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Three months later, I'm in a brand new way, healthy relationship. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. 
And six months later, everything's different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. And I basically learned the hard way that whatever this thing is, and I'll call it the law of attraction based on my own life experience, but whatever it is, it works when you work it. And I've forever been changed since. And it was only 10, 11 years later where I was starting a new business. And I had to ask myself, what is something in my life that I'm actually still excited about that I can wake up every day continuing to be excited about it and to be candid, I won't be bored. I'll be happy to engage with my customers. I'm like, oh, well, here's this thing that I've never really spoken about publicly, but it's been such an influence in my life. Can I finally give myself permission to articulate it and bring something to the marketplace that no one's seen before? And that tends the title, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. So uh, I know that's a bit of a long-winded answer, but that kind of takes us to where we are. And I published in, in late 2019, and I've just been riding that wave ever since. Wow. So I'm curious... I'm curious how, because I've read so many books on law of attraction, and I apologize, I haven't had a chance to read your book, but it's on my list. I actually was laughing today because two more came in because I've been interviewing a lot of authors, so I keep buying their books. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> and that stack just rides up and, like, and you're busy I've enough seven anyway, books right? Now I need to read and I am so busy with everything else that mm. it's hard to find the time. But so what is it? Because I've, I've read, you know, there's, I could just throw out so many different names of of books that I've read and, and people that I've, you know, John and Esther Hicks is the most popular one probably. So mm-hmm. how is how is yours different from some of the other ones that are out there? Well, you know, yeah, Jerry and Esther Hicks, or I know they, they call themselves Abraham Hicks. Those are wonderful. In fact, a lot of these books are wonderful. I'm not even making the claim that they're not. <laughs> I think um, every Law of Attraction book worth its salt, there, there's a couple of things it needs to do. One, it should explain what the Law of Attraction is in an easy, simple way that the reader can grasp without any struggle. And two, ideally, it would hopefully also provide user-friendly methods, whether it's gratitude or visualization or or scripting, whatever it might be, so that people can take this knowledge and implement it and hopefully create a better result in their life. The one problem we, that I noticed, at least even in my perspective, especially those years when I was struggling, is I'd get the book, I'd get excited, I would do it, I would get results, that's the crazy thing, and I would still stop. I would still stop doing what I was doing, even when it was working. So what I wanted to do in my book was finally address the, why the procrastination, why the talking ourselves out of it, why do we get excited, actually begin to get results and still quit? And I figured if I can hold that part up, that that mirror up to the reader and give them that insight and that information, then they'll have enough space to give themselves permission to do the methods just long enough to get a result and then it won't be me teaching them, it won't be the book, it'll be their own life experience. And once they've had that, there's no going back. I mean, they can choose to stop, but at least they're forever changed in the sense that they understand this on a level that they never would have before and they never won't since. That's kind of coaching 101, you know? Like you mm-hmm. put that mirror up in front of people and you, is it's easy to tell people what to do. Yes. But when you're truly coaching somebody, you're having them look within and they're coming up with it on their own. And everybody yes. loves their own ideas. You don't always want to be told what other people are telling you to do. But but I love that because, you know, just that putting that mirror up in front of people. I mean, that that's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, for me, I, I, I don't even think of myself as a coach, but I, I kind of think of myself as a facilitator and even a conduit. Like for me, I'm nothing special in the sense that my opinion, and when it comes to this, everyone can be their own guru. I just happen to be someone who I hope has articulated this in a way 
that helps to click in their brain so that then, then they get that crack in the door and then they get their own way of doing it. I even say like, I give like really precise steps on whatever methods I offer, but I also invite people like, listen, if you don't like that step, it doesn't jive with you, tweak it. Because ultimately the only thing that matters in the context of this body of work is that you feel good while thinking about what you have or thinking about what you want or both. And if you can get that out of yourself every single day consistently for just five minutes a day, it almost sounds ridiculous, but you'll be floored by the results that kind of come into your life. Right. Well, you know, I was um, one of my very first podcast episodes that was released was from, from with a, a good friend of mine who's also an author and a coach. And, you know, he was talking about what is your truth? Well, mm-hmm. I talk about perspective. They're the same thing, right? <laughs> so, but what we what we discussed, and this goes back to what you just said, you know, the way you're saying it may resonate with people, or they may resonate more with Abraham Hicks, right? You know, so so it's just a matter of reaching the right people that are gonna gonna resonate with how you're presenting it. But I love that you said, you know, if it doesn't work, then tweak it because really it's all about that energy that we're feeling anyway, the feeling yes. behind it. So talk more about that because I feel like that was what like I love the secret. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was a great work. Um, I watched it multiple times. I just really enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. But I felt like that is a piece that they missed is yeah. the feeling part about it. Yeah, you know, first of all, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I really enjoyed the secret as well. And believe it or not, like I Rhonda Byrne had a book a couple of years later called The Magic, which I thought was even better than The Secret because it was all about gratitude. I think the feeling, not only does the feeling piece get missed, but even like The Secret to, um, in their defense, because I know there's controversy, a lot of people think that it's all materialistic and blah, blah, blah. I think The the Secret was misinterpreted. I mean, they only had 90 minutes in a DVD to get this message out and it's very easy to misinterpret. And I think a lot of people, and and this will address, will kind of go full circle to the feeling part, but the number one mistake I think people make with this whole law of attraction thing is they hear that they thoughts create your reality and da 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 da, and then they do these methods for the sake of getting their result. Right. And I tell people, don't do that. And they're like, what do you mean don't do that? That's what every book tells me. I'm like, well, here's a little trick. You, If you do the method to get the result, then you're doing the method with the awareness and the vibration and the energy and the focus of the lack of the result. Therefore, you're actually reinforcing what you don't want. And what you should instead be doing is doing these methods for the sake of enjoying the method, feeling good in the moment, and then in an ironic twist of fate, then the universe will give you what you want because then you're sending out the signal that you already have what you want. So this is where for me the the feelings come through. People try to force the feeling. They try to manipulate the feeling. They try to manufacture it out of thin air, whereas it's because they're trying to force the universe to bend to their will when instead they should be inviting it to just give them something way better than they would have made on their own. And the feelings, in my for my part, they become way easier when you're not trying to carry the, like, the weight of the world on your shoulders and you're instead saying, you know what, whatever's going on in my life for these five minutes, I'm just going to feel good to whatever measure. And by the way, I'm not going to put pressure on myself to feel really good because if that happens, then I'm going to feel bad. If I feel a little good, that's great. If I feel really good, that's great. No matter what, I recognize that it's a win and therefore I'm taking the pressure off myself, which ironically makes it easier for me to feel good. <laughs> Let's dive into that a little bit. Can you give like a specific example? Mm. So, well, you know, I'll tell you like one of my one of my favorite methods. I call it the gratitude blitz, and all it is is basically taking thirty seconds, sixty seconds, ninety seconds, five minutes, whatever, to just keep thinking about things that you're grateful for. 
And, you know, not to put pressure on anyone when they try this for the first time that it has to be this way. But oftentimes when you sit down and you start to think about stuff that you're grateful for, those first 30 seconds are more like, meh, whatever. But then 90 seconds in, all these things are popping in your head and you're feeling good. And then in a minute in, and then three minutes, and before you know, it's like, whoa, look at all this stuff I actually have to be beautiful, like to be grateful for. For example, my heart beating in my chest, which has been beating in my chest every second of every hour of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, of every decade that I've been alive. Like imagine that, sending blood and nutrients to all my other organs, which are also serving me, regardless of any pain I might be in right now or any health situation, wow, I've got my heart. What about the device that people are listening to this on? Well, they use it for their email, they use it for texting, they use it to communicate, they use it to run their business, they use it for dating apps to find love. Like, how could you not be grateful for that? Think about all your body parts. Think about your friends that have done favors for you. Think about that person that bought you lunch 10 years ago when you really needed it. Think about all these different things. And before you know, like, wow, you know what? Life is not perfect, but I feel kind of good right now because there are so many things that I have. And in my recognition of them, it's kind of opening my eyes to the fact that there really is so much more. And P.S., I have a funny hunch that the way Andrew's describing this, if I keep doing this, it's probably going to get easier and better. And then the floodgates are going to open. And I really look forward to that. I love that you mentioned your heart. And when you put it like that, that's like, who cannot be grateful for that, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's all about, it, this isn't like a reframe in the sense that you're lying to yourself. It's a reframe in that you're lifting the illusion of lack, the illusion of negativity, the illusion of the glass being half empty rather than half full. You're reframing to actually see the truth of the abundance of what you have. And by the way, I'm a strategy guy. I'm doing this strategically because I know through my prior experience that strategically when I do this, not only do I feel better, but I invite better things. So for me, like where I was like, you know, <laughs> I often say like, you know, we, we look at joy as this manifestation and this end result, which makes it a far off thing. I say that's fine, but I also view joy as a strategy. I know if I find little pockets of joy throughout the day, it's going to improve things. And by the way, even if I'm lying or deluded, at the very least, I'm taking time where I'm not stressing about that relationship or about that job situation or about that money situation or about that health situation. I'm intentionally taking a few minutes a day to just feel good, which studies show at the very least improves your confidence. It improves your sleep. It reduces anxiety. Like there's wins no matter what. Now there's huge wins on the end of it, but even if you can't count on those, you're getting wins in the moment just by saying, I'm going to take a few minutes just to feel good and just to breathe and just to settle in and give myself this time because I'm worthy of it. Right, right. Now, can we go back to what you just said a minute ago, which was the illusion of negativity or the illusion mm -hmm. of not having what you want? Can you dive in a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go even deeper. So, and this will come full circle. And I put this in the book. And this, by the way, is one of the, the biggest aspects of why we start things and we get excited and they start to work and we still quit. So the way I describe it, and bear in mind, I'm not a clinical psychologist, so these definitions, you know, uh, take it with a grain of salt, but I define us as having three minds. We've got the conscious mind, we've got the subconscious mind, but right in the middle, we've got the ego. And the ego is way stronger than the conscious mind, but nothing compared to the subconscious. And this ego, as I define it by that word, has one job in this world, one job in this life, and that's to keep you alive, which is good news or bad news, depending on where you are in your life, because that means whatever your money problems, whatever your relationship problems, what even your health problems, 
all your ego knows is that in this moment you are alive and it doesn't know what the probability is going to be of you staying alive if anything changes, including improvements, because there might be someone out there who might want to be rich and famous. But for all the ego knows is if you become famous, you're going to get a stalker and that's a threat to your survival. For all your ego knows is if you come into a lot of money, distant family is going to come out of the woodwork and try to sue you for your house. That's a threat to your survival. So your ego actually loves you. It's trying to protect you, but in a misguided way, it's holding you in place, stuck in place because it doesn't care about your fulfillment or your satisfaction or your comfort or your happiness or anything like that, just your survival. So a lot of aspects of this illusion, whether it's programming from society or just in our own path, the ego is going to throw whatever it can at you again, not out of malice, but out of a misguided attempt to keep you safe. And that's why you tell yourself, you know what? Why do I, why should I even go for that job? It's hopeless. Well, you're talking to someone who, you know, when he was 21, beat out 800 other applicants for an internship just because he chose to do it. But people are saying, oh, he'll never say yes to going out. She'll never say yes to going out. My boss will never give me, uh, you know, that, that raise or that promotion. It's hopeless. It's like, no, these are things that are being thrown in your path because right now you're alive and your ego is trying to keep you safe. And therefore it's an illusion. And if you're looking for proof that it's an illusion, look at all the people around you. The, the one thing that I love about this law of attraction thing, whether people believe it or not, is we are bombarded by messages of successful people who always speak of the changes that they made in their mindset and the results that they got. Now me, again, strategically, if nothing else, I'm gonna at least attempt to model that. I'm gonna at least give that a shot to see if everything that all these successful people are saying is along that track because why wouldn't I? It'd be silly for me not to. So this is my long-winded answer saying there's a lot of illusion there. Oftentimes, it's a misguided attempt of our safety. So it's important for us to be cognizant of that so that we can transcend that and still invite good things. And then P.S., real cool part, once your ego sees that you're still alive, when you've got that better salary or that relationship or whatever, now it feels safe there. So we'll fight to protect that. That's why people, they make six figures and then they lose their job. And within a year, they're making six figures again because they have a new internal financial thermostat that their ego knows is safe. That was probably, that was one of the best explanations I've heard surrounding ego. I love that. that Thank that's you. really great. I, I never really looked at it like that, that the ego is protecting yeah. us, but it makes sense. And what you're talking about is almost like building a muscle. Yes. You know, once you get to that point, then you're going to be able to always get back there. Yeah. And a real cool piece that I didn't mention, and I kind of, uh, I left this, this little thread in there. Remember I said the subconscious mind is way stronger. The solution from my perspective, because this ego is so powerful and so much stronger than your conscious mind, I mean, that's a lot of willpower to overcome it, is we bypass the ego. And through those visualization methods or gratitude methods or scripting methods also, we access the subconscious mind. And then if you believe in the universe, I'm telling you, it's gonna send out that signal to the universe energetically and, and bring things back. But guess what? If you don't believe in the universe and you don't believe in energy, believe this, your subconscious mind in your mind is a supercomputer. And if you can bypass the ego and send instructions of success and prosperity to your subconscious mind, it is gonna govern your actions and your behavior in a way that's gonna blow your mind. Because that job promotion that you've been thinking about now it's going to come because you've sent the instructions. You're going to find yourself sitting up straighter. You're going to find the cadence to your voice is just going to have a confidence to it that you're not even forcing. It's just on its own. You're going to find yourself coming up with better ideas that are just going to impress your boss or impress potential employers or whatever it might be. These things will come together. So whether it's like your universe or your subconscious mind or what I believe is a combination of both, by feeding in those instructions and putting that energy out there, 
that's where the invitation comes and that's where the results really come for you. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So what would you say to somebody who's just a complete skeptic that Mm. doesn't work? So I'm, I'm a huge proponent of using like physical examples to kind of link our brain to it because like even if you disagree at least it makes sense so oftentimes when people like they're they're not on board i love the example of lifting weights to get muscles because we all understand at least what that is and i want to give two possible explanations as to how this actually works explanation number one is you lift weights and you go to sleep at night and the muscle fairy comes and waves a magic wand and poof you wake up with more muscles right explanation number two And bear in mind, this is a bit of a butchered explanation, but when you are lifting weights, you're putting so much stress on your body that your muscles are actually tearing in little areas and your body responds by healing itself by filling in those gaps with more muscle fiber, hence more muscles. Now, I think people listening to this, they're probably leaning towards the second explanation, even though, again, I said it's butchered, but like, okay, that's the one, Andrew, to which I answer, unless you're a personal trainer or there's some reason that you actually have to know the answer, the answer doesn't matter. What matters is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put an X, you get Y. And by that same token, whether or not you believe in the law of attraction, if you give yourself the opportunity to engage in gratitude exercises, which again, studies show are a victory on their own, or visualization exercises, and you just give yourself an opportunity to see what happens, you might be pleasantly surprised. And P.S., if you do this and then you get the huge result and you still don't buy it, I say good. I say please, don't give me credit. Don't give my book credit. Don't give the universe credit. Don't give the law of attraction credit. But at the very least, identify that you did this and you got that and keep doing it for yourself. I don't need people to believe. I don't care. But I would hope that they give themselves the gift of trying it out just to see what happens. And then like whatever come may come. But at least if they get that result, just to keep it up only in service to themselves, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm thinking about a friend of mine who we all probably know somebody like this where the glass is always half empty. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking what you just talked about is that their ego is protecting them to the point where they're not even open yes. to even having it be a, a conversation. So in a situation like that, and there's no like one absolute answer, but unfortunately, and I know this from personal experience, and not that I was a, a doubter about this, but again, I, you know, going back to 2008, Sometimes certain people, the only way they're ever going to figure this out is if they get into enough pain in their life, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or spiritual pain or whatever, they get into so much pain that they're finally willing to try something because they're so desperate. So no one needs to get to the point of desperation, but unfortunately, many people, that's what it takes for them. So I've had friends where I, I know that it's if it ever happens it's going to be because they are so desperate, they're so impatient, they're so in pain, they've had it, that they're finally willing to try this. I've also had some people that got to that point, and because of that, it finally clicked for them. So I hope your friend doesn't have to go through that. But, you know, not knowing them and just hearing that one detail, I would make an unfair assumption that it might come to that in order to get that person to give it a shot. Yeah, I know. I I actually talk about that in my book as well, that, you know, please don't wait to to get to that point. Like, don't wait. Life is too short. I wasted my whole 20s waiting. And, you know, some people, they believe in, in reincarnation. I'm not going to say yes or no, but even if you believe in reincarnation, this trip with this personality in this life is still the only one you get. So right. Even if you're reincarnating, 
still only getting this one. No matter what, you only live once. On in some way of looking at it through some perspective, you only live once. And with that in mind, it's 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 a shame to waste it. It's a shame. And again, for me, I'm a huge proponent of like, I'm not going to tell you, like, if you want to do an hour a day, do it as long as it feels good. But in my experience, you only need five minutes a day, which is perfect because we're all busy. We have so much on our plate, literally five minutes a day, not even caring what happens and just seeing what happens. It's worth it. And like you said, like, why, why waste your life? Every day is taking away. Every day is a gift. We should treat it as such. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit bit more about the energy, because I don't know that a lot of people necessarily understand that. Mm-hmm. Do you, you want to talk about that? The, uh, the yeah, energy well, that surrounds us and how that, how our feelings are attached to the energy that we're yeah, so putting out. Let's see if I, hopefully I won't butcher this explanation. And it, it actually might be a little long-winded, but it's again, okay. just to come full circle, if I were to, to take a dog whistle right now and blow it as loud as I could into the microphone, it'd be kind of rude on principle but it wouldn't bother you. You wouldn't hear it. And that's because, and, but if there's a dog in the room, the dog's going to freak out, the headphones, right? And that's because there's a sound and a frequency that our senses don't pick up. There's plenty of those. Even right now, we're having this conversation and we're on one feed for audio and another feed for video and my computer's plugged in so I can make this really big rationalization that there's a really long wire between now and where you are. But even if I unplug it, right? Then, the, then there's there's no rationalization, but we understand this because we understand satellites, we understand fiber optics, we understand bandwidth. How we so we accept it. So we accept these things, these invisible forces and invisible energy that have practical, you know, applications in our life experience. But at that same token, there are so many frequencies, so many energies that we just don't pick up through our physical senses because honestly, they would probably overwhelm us. And part of that is this whole universal energetic soup that we're in the middle of. And because we are all vibrational, like we're all energy, you, me, our, you know, the, the desk, our thoughts, especially since everything's energy. And since like frequencies attract like frequencies, this is where the feeling and the thought comes into place because you can basically through intention, invite better things by choosing to engage in better feelings while thinking about things that you want or things that you have or both, because then it's like that dog whistle frequency that's there. Or it's like that, um, the fiber optic frequency or whatever that we're having this connection. There's something that's happening that your feelings are pulling in and like a magnet, they're going to pull it back to. That's like my best way of describing the fact that there's so much energy out there and that your feelings really have an impact. And again, if you don't believe me, it's free to try and it doesn't hurt. So I invite people just (laughs) to give it a shot and see what happens. And maybe, just maybe, they'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, it's kind of like, when you are in the room, somebody walks in and they're upset, they're angry, mm-hmm. right? You can feel it. Yes. You immediately, I mean, yeah, you see their face, you know, the, the look on their face, but there's something that you can feel if you pay attention to it, you can feel it. And the same is true when somebody walks in and they're in a great mood and they're just, yeah, it's like it's infectious and you can feel it. Well, the same is true with the negativity. So let's bring that back to manifestation. Mm-hmm. Because I liked how you said before that when we first started talking that when you're trying to, like you say, okay, I want more money. Well, that's not really, you're not going to achieve that because the energy isn't in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. So explain a little bit more about that. I mean, because I understand it, but you're more of an expert on this than that because you wrote a book on it. How is that, you know, instead of, because I know with coaching, I would say, well, 
it's not the money that you want. It's the feeling that the money's going to bring you. Mm, right. You know, it's it's interesting because I, I couldn't agree more, but I often don't even go down that road. I more go down the road of um, just getting people to feel good in general. And because like, well, because you're right, it's it's not the money, it's the feelings they get, right? So I, I verbalize it or I articulate in a different way. They, they just want to feel good because feeling good is feeling safe. It's feeling secure, but it's also feeling excited and vibrant and alive, you know, and it's like kind of going off the track a little bit, you know, people think about, well, not just the money, but how they're going to get the money. So a job promotion, for example, a lot of people say, I've been thinking about that job promotion for a year. Where's your law of attraction now? To which I asked them, like, are you thinking about that promotion with frustration and impatience, fear, uncertainty, doubt, jealousy? Because if you're doing that, you don't realize that you're actually thinking of the lack of the promotion, which is why you feel bad. Whereas if you're thinking about it with enthusiasm, confidence, excitement, anticipation, then you're on the right track. And here's the really cool thing is you've then accessed what you really want before you got it in your three-dimensional reality. That's the cool part because I, I couldn't agree more, Sandy. People really, they don't realize that they want the feelings that it gives them and you can access the feelings before you get the thing. And for me, strategically, this is why I go to five minutes a day of consistent, you know, just consistently doing something. It's like you can right now decide before you get the car, before you get the relationship, before you get the job promotion, before you get the house or whatever it might be, do you decide to be happy right now? And I think that's a cliche where people are like, yeah, good luck with that. And I'm saying, you know what? Don't give yourself the pressure of being happy right now. Give yourself the opportunity of just feeling good right now. Little, little pockets of happiness, almost like as a, as a cheat code saying like, listen, I'm really excited for this big manifestation thing that I'm told on the way and I'll be happy when it comes. But, you know, in the meantime, maybe it's smart for me to whatever measure I can is be content, be excited and enjoy my life in the meantime. And strategically, that's going to bring what you want faster and in a better way that you could ever imagine. But also just like, listen, this thing that you want, it might be a week out or it might be a year out, depending on where you are on your resistant level. Like, why not enjoy your life in the meantime? It's like the, the most important thing you do is like enjoy your life in the meantime. That's the whole point. Like you're here and whether you like it or not, so you might as well say, okay, I'm here whether I like it or not. I might as well do what I can to enjoy the moment while I'm here. Let me have gratitude and, you know, have fun times with my friends, but also have fun time doing something from a, from a work perspective that fills me up, that in, that fills me and, and makes me fulfilled and makes me vibrant and makes me excited and, and keeps me motivated and keeps me on track. Why wouldn't I do that stuff? Let me take action out of inspiration rather than action out of lack because action out of lack will deplete my bandwidth really fast where action out of inspiration will actually fuel me and I'll find myself doing way more at a higher level, serving more people, by the way, which then it becomes like a repeating cycle where you feel fulfilled because you're helping other people and then you feel better and then you help them more and then you feel even better. And it's, it's like a bigger increasing circle as you get happier and the people in your space get happier as well. Yeah. And, and I also want to just add to that, that, you know, life happens while we're busy making other plans. So, mm. you know, things are going to happen in your life when yes. you least expect it. And it's okay. You know, like I always say, you know, I mean, there's times I get upset, you know, I'm married to a man, of course, I'm going to get upset at times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love my husband more than anything in the world. 
but, but you know what I mean? You know, yeah. any relationship, there's going to be conflict or there's going to be disagreements or whatever. And it's okay. It's okay, you know. But then you're going to have losses in your life, whether you, you lose a job or, you know, your marriage or a friendship or, you know, God forbid, but it, it's life. It's going to happen. You know, someone's going to die. And, you know, it's okay that you have to still go through those feelings and those emotions. And when you get through it, then you work on the, the gratitude and, and all of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, it's like one of those things where hopefully, so for me, obviously my life's not perfect either. And <laughs> part of, again, I go back to strategy, part of the benefit of doing five minutes of gratitude every day is when those bad times come, I have more emotional resilience and I have more in my toolbox for coping with things, whether exactly. they're really, whether they're kind of bad or really bad, because whatever they are, why wouldn't I, you know, equip myself as much as possible to cope as better as, as well as possible it means, you know, I still got to process whatever I'm going through, but if I can, if it could be an easier ride, not only is it better because it gets me faster to living my life again, but also hopefully, you know, avoids other potential issues because someone that lets, you know, a breakup, for example, ruin their life and then they can't go to work and then they lose their job. Well, then it's just piling on. Whereas like whatever, okay, that breakup really sucks and I've been there. <laughs> but don't let that be the reason that the rest of your life falls apart. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's true. You know, I I was just having a conversation yesterday about this that I've had so many big things happen in my life, right? The tragedies and whatnot. You know, not that I'm numb to it, but but I'm able to cope with things a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for me, little things like, what, I have to use Google Docs now? No. <laughs> you know? Like the little things are like, no, I, I don't want to use Google Docs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to help someone um, recently and I had to go on like on the DMV website. And for me, call it an opinion or call it the truth or whatever, but those, those government websites are so the opposite of user-friendly because it's not in their interest to do that. And yeah. that like, you know, Mr. Law of Attraction, Mr. Just Think Positive, I get so frustrated also. But I also then strategically, like, I'll reward myself. When I was done with that, I'm like, okay, that was icky. Even though I, I barely ever use the word icky, that was pretty icky. What can I do just to make myself feel good? I'll just pop on a video that's hilarious and I'll, I'll laugh for the next 20 minutes because I deserved it before I went on that site, but now I really deserve it. There you go. And that's, that's such a healthy way to look at things because... We are going to get frustrated. We're human. It's mm. it's just we're perfectly human, and so yeah, part of the deal. Yeah, it's part of the that's deal. That's awesome. Is there anything else in the book that, that I haven't touched on that you want to bring up? One piece I, I really like to share with people, and obviously it resonates mm -hmm. a little more if you're really on board with the law of attraction. But a topic that I talk about in the book is called manifestational raindrops, mm. and. The way I verbalize it is everyone can relate to being like outside when it's kind of overcast and all of a sudden they feel like a little tickle on their skin. And then 30 seconds later, they see like little droplets on maybe like a dark jacket they're on. And then 30 seconds later, there's like splotches hitting the ground and they can hear the raindrops and they can smell the dew in the air. And then before you know it, there's a torrential downpour. And I love using that example because we've all been through it. But then I want to say, think about, you know, picking, finding a penny on the street. Now, that could just be a penny if you really just want to be a penny, or you can take it as an indicator from the universe of free money, a reminder to be excited. And when you are excited, you might be just sending out that signal of like, whoa, let me bring in more money because here's the thing. 
these raindrops, whether they're metaphor or whether they're, they're literal, they're not just raindrops, they're your indicators that the storm is inevitable. And you have a choice. You could either hold up an umbrella of resistance and keep it, or you can invite it and celebrate it and let it in because the universe is going to rain abundance and joy on you, whether you like it or not. It's your decision whether you want to receive it. And one of the methods in my book, I call it the pennies to million method. It's kind of based on that where I challenge people. And I do for myself, like you just find a penny on the street because that's very easy for us. Finding a $20 bill, we told ourselves that's difficult. Penny is easy, right? When you find that and you get really excited, you're just basically finding another way of, you know, whether it's through your subconscious mind or the universe, inviting that energy, inviting that vibe, inviting that flow of like more money and who knows what will happen. The first day I actually tried it, I didn't find a penny. Instead, what happened was I went, I ordered food, um, takeout, and the person gave me extra change back of $2. Now, I didn't want to get her in trouble, so I gave her the money back. Like, isn't thing like, oh, I'm keeping this for myself, abundance. No, no, I gave her $2 back, and I didn't want her to get in trouble because her till would have been empty. But I did recognize that when I invited one penny, the universe gave me 200 pennies instead. I didn't <laughs> go down like, oh, I didn't actually see like a copper coin, so therefore it's a failure. Like, no, I asked for a penny, I got 200 what else is going to be on the way? And that's the attitude that I recommend people. I'm serious about this whole manifestational raindrop thing. That first match on a dating app is a raindrop. That first date, that first time you laugh together, that first kiss, that first time you hold hands, these are raindrops. Even if you end up with a different person, these are raindrops that you are on your path to the love of your life. Pennies that are your indicator that you're on your way to the finances of your life. You know, finding that that house that you kind of like is an indicator that an even better one's on the way. Or you're getting a pat on the back from someone at work, your job promotion's on the way. All these good things that happen in any way, shape, or form are raindrops. Raindrops of an inevitable storm, not a maybe storm, an inevitable one. Make the decision to put that umbrella of resistance down and invite it in. And I just want to share that from the book because I hope that'll help someone listening right now and inspire them just to be a little bit more excited when something small happens, knowing that bigger things are on the way inevitably. Yes. And it was funny because I was thinking about a friend of mine. We were talking about finding money and he finds money all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's and, and this is a very, very wealthy man. Okay. So it's not like he is looking for it. Like he's not, he doesn't need money. But I feel like it's just the energy around him. And he, he actually has a jar and he just mm. puts it in. And he's like, I have found a hundred dollar bill. I have found, you know, he goes, and he's, he's just open to that. Yeah. This is part of his feedback system now. This is right. who he is now. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to date this episode too much. I mean, you know, um, I'm sure it'll publish a little later, but very recently, anyone that follows Ultimate Fighting Championship UFC, Rose Namajunas, she reclaimed her strawway title. It's first woman in history to reclaim her title. And the camera was close up on her, but when she's being announced before she enters the fight, she won in a like a first round knockout against a very strong opponent. And you zoom in on her and she's like, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. It's all she's saying. But here's the thing. It wasn't like an affirmation of her lying to herself, trying to convince herself, trying to convince the universe. It was only a verbalization of what she really meant in her fiber of her being, the way your friend just finds money. It's who she was. And that manifested out in the world for her through that process. So I love that example. And through that, or the example of Rose or whatever, I invite people to embody the energy of good things, 
because then you're just that per you're just that person that finds money. You're just that person that everybody loves. You're just that person where, you know, when you start a business, people flock to it and they and they can't wait to support you and they want to interview you and they want to buy your book and they want to tell your friends about you. Just be that person, embody it and welcome it. I love that. And I follow Joe Rogan on Instagram and he posted that. Mm. And he had a little short video and I was like, that's awesome. Yes. I when he interviewed her, UFC fighting, but <laughs> he, he interviewed her right after the fight. He told her like yeah. he, she was in tears and he was nearly in tears. And yeah. Joe Rogan doesn't really cry that often. So that's no. something. <laughs> but it was it was awesome. I love it. I love it. Andrew, this has been so great. Is there anything else before we before the end the interview that you want to throw out there? No, I mean, just want to thank you for having me on. Um, obviously, you know, if people want to check out the book on Amazon, lastlawofattractionbook.com will auto forward them to the listing. But I want, I like giving people value for free just in case they don't want to spend money. So people can just easily go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. You know, I teach free methods and, and do all sorts nice. of fun stuff. But, but mainly, I hope that someone listening here is, feels encouraged to cherry pick at least one thing from this conversation that really resonates with them the most and just use it. But most importantly, really, I just thank you for putting me in front of your audience. And I mean this, I'm, I'm grateful for the intentionality of your questions because it's so clear that you care, meaning the people that find this also care about themselves. So I'm just excited to be like in this energetic space to be connecting with you and other people because that's what it's all about. Absolutely, 100%. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that was wonderful. And I really appreciated Andrew's different perspectives on the law of attraction that I had not really heard of yet. And I just hope that the listeners out there will be able to take one thing from that interview and apply it to your life. Because like we said, life is too short. So thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about my book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, you can find that on Amazon in Kindle version, softcover, and hardcover versions. My website is sandyscarlotta.com. And as always, I hope that you and your family are staying safe and healthy and that your life is filled with peace, joy, love, and happiness. Take care, everyone. Yes.